Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching this or listening to this around the world, you're having a very good start to your week and your Monday is not too bad at all. Plenty to talk about today. We are, of course, just one day away now from Arsenal's second Champions League game of the season. Their first away game of this season's group stages. Arsenal taking on Lons tomorrow night in France. The squad will be travelling over to France a little bit later on today. Or by the time you're watching or listening to this episode, they might well already be over there. Um, they are training right now at London Colney. And so some very, very good injury news coming out of that training session as well, which we will talk about today. We'll look at who potentially could start this game. Some of the decisions facing Mikel Arteta um, ahead of that game. And when you sort of factor in, especially the game against Manchester City at the weekend, some big decisions for Mikel Arteta to make when it comes to his team selection. So we'll have a little look at that as well. We've got some questions and comments from you guys at the end, as well as some interesting quotes from Granite Xhaka, who's been speaking over in Germany about his reasons for leaving Arsenal. So plenty to get stuck into. And let's get started, shall we, on the very positive injury news that is coming out of Arsenal today. Thomas Partey is back in training. Now, as I reported last week, he was very much focusing on being fit for the game against Manchester City on Sunday. He was quite confident he would get to the level of fitness needed to be involved in that game and was ahead of schedule. Now, Arteta's got a big decision to make. He's training today. Do you take Thomas Partey to France for the Champions League or do you just leave him at London to continue working ahead of that game against Manchester City. I mean, that'll be a decision he takes along with the medical staff as well. But the fact that Partey is training now, today, I mean, that is a very, very positive sign. When he first got this injury, 
Initially, everyone thought that he's going to be out until after the international break. This chunk of the season was basically wiped out and he'd be back after the international break. That is not the case. And he is now back foot training fully with the squad, which is a big, big boost, especially against the game with the game against City coming out. Now, personally, and this is just my opinion, I wouldn't bother taking him to France at all. I would just absolutely keep him in London. Not wrap him up in cotton wool because I think he's beyond that now. You just want to start really actually sort of stepping up his fitness work and get him ready for the weekend against Manchester City because he got Thomas Party fit against Manchester City. And you, then you've got the option of potentially playing Rice, Party, and Odegaard in that midfield three in the midfield as well. That's not going to be against Rodri for Manchester City. You've got a big, big opportunity of dominating that midfield battle against City at the weekend. So, yeah, personal opinion. I would not be taking him to France. I'd be leaving him in London and I'd be absolutely working on his fitness with a couple of coaches back here to make sure when the squad returns on Wednesday, he is, you know, two days further down the line, ready to join in with the squad when the preparations really kick in for that City game at the weekend. But whatever Arteta decides, we'll find out. They're flying out later today. Potentially, we'll find out later today. He's got a press conference at 6pm over in France, where I'm sure he'll be asked about it, whether he reveals the travelling squad. I doubt because he never tends to. And Arsenal never tend to either. So we might have to wait another day or so to find out if he is there or not. But you know, really positive news this for Arsenal, especially when you consider how long we were all expecting party to initially be out for. So yeah, really, really positive news from the training ground today in terms of that team news. And more positive news as well is that Bakaya Saka is also training for Arsenal. The guy who <laughs> basically can get kicked left, right and centre, can limp out of games can always seem to just dust himself off and be fit for the next day's training. Um, it was worrying watching him limp off against Bournemouth, especially when Jorginho had to come and basically help him and he was sort of limping arm in arm with the physio and Jorginho to get off the pitch. But he is training today. That is a good sign. And I imagine he will certainly be travelling with the squad a little bit later on today. Um, and so, yes, that's a big relief, especially with that game against Manchester City. You absolutely want Bakaya Saka fit for that game against City at the weekend. It would have been awful if Arsenal were without him. So that's really positive news. Other good news from the training ground is that, you know, um, Le Leandro Trossard was training. Obviously, he was on the bench at the weekend. Same as Fabio Vieira. Sounds like the only two players who weren't involved still know Gabriel Martinelli, but that's no great big surprise. The fact that Brazil didn't pick him in their squad for the upcoming international games, uh, the international break sort of told its whole story in terms of how long Gabriel Martin was going to be out for. There was no going to be, there was no coming back quickly from that hamstring injury for Martinelli. Um, you know, I said it at the time, when a player relies on his pace and acceleration like Martinelli does, if you get yourself a hamstring injury, you're not going to suddenly shake that off and be available in a week or so. It's always going to be a sort of three, four week thing. So hopefully he'll be back after the international break. And the only other player is Urien Timber, who of course we know about and isn't going to be fit for, well, the majority of the season, if not the season. Um, so, yeah, good news, really, on the injury front for Arsenal. And that certainly begs the question, when you look ahead to tomorrow night's game, about what is Mikel Arteta going to do? Who is going to play? What is the starting lineup going to be against Lons? Um, this was the starting lineup that Arsenal had against PSV in the last Champions League game. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the slide that I have just brought up. And... Yeah, David Raya, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, Saka, Jesus and Trossard. That was the starting eleven that started the first Champions League group stage game. Now, a lot of people were going to be looking at this Manchester City game at the weekend and saying, right, he needs to rest some players. You know, Arsenal can go to Lons and they can win. They don't need their full strength team. To ex an extent, I can kind of see that argument, but I think Mikel's going to go pretty strong. 
if not as strong as possible against Lons. I think this is the Champions League at the end of the day. You cannot take anything for granted. You can't take any risks. You know, Arsenal need to get through this group. They've given themselves a really good chance with that thumping 4-0 win against PSV at the weekend. I don't think now is the time to take your foot off the gas and risk something. Away games in the Champions League are really, really difficult. Any away game in Europe is really, really difficult, but certainly in the Champions League, yeah, it's, yes, Lons haven't started the season that well over in France, but they're still a dangerous side. They got a good 1-1 draw away in Sevilla in the first game, um, and they are going to be absolutely, you know, it's their first Champions League night at home for 20-odd years, Lons. It is going to be bouncing. It's such an intense atmosphere over there at the best of times. It's going to be absolutely incredible tomorrow night. And Arsenal are going to have to be at their very, very best to get a result over there. So I don't think Mikel can be taking things too lightly. It is Tuesday night as well. Manchester City is not till Sunday. I just don't think you need to rotate in this game. I think this sort of lineup that we saw here against PSV, I think we're going to see a very, very similar lineup. Now, I've said that I would keep Thomas Partey at home. I don't think he necessarily needs to travel for this game, having just come back to training. So I would, I'd in my opinion, I'd not be factoring Thomas Partey into the equation here. But when I look at this starting lineup that he used, obviously there's going to be, there's going to be well, I doubt Trossard's going to be, oh, he might play, you know, I'm talking myself out of it now um, on that left-hand side because he didn't, he didn't even come on against, uh, sorry, Bournemouth, did he, at the weekend? But he was fit. He was deemed fit enough to um, travel and be in that squad. He's, he's had a few more days training. He's training today. Potentially, Trossard might well get the nod on the left-hand side, and that would allow you to move Gabriel Jesus back into the centre, which is certainly where I prefer him. Now, I thought Eddie Nketiah played very well against Bournemouth at the weekend. I know plenty of you disagreed with me, as I said in yesterday's video, when I brought up a couple of uh, your comments about that Nketiah performance, but I thought he played very well. But I'd still much rather see Gabriel Jesus as a number nine for Arsenal. And if Trossard is fit now, and you'd think if he was fit enough to be on the bench at the weekend, he's got a couple more training sessions in him today, then potentially he would be an option on the left-hand side. If not, I imagine he'd just keep Jesus on the left and play Nketiah there. But other than that, when I look at this starting lineup, I don't think we're going to see too many changes. I think it will definitely, I think, I think Raya probably now keeps his place. The amount of times I've said to myself, I think Ramsdale might come back in for this one and he doesn't. So I think Raya probably keeps his place. I think Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko will certainly be the back four. Declan Rice, I think will definitely play. Odegaard will certainly play. You know, maybe Vieira might come in for Kai Havertz, but, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all to see Kai Havertz play pretty much every single game in the Champions League. And I certainly think Saka and Jesus are going to play. So the only real question mark is on that left-hand side. There is definitely an argument for potentially giving a few players or a couple of players a bit of a a bit of a rest. You know, if there's any doubt about Bakaya Saka, leave him on the bench, start someone else, start Reese Nelson on the right-hand side, potentially. If there's any doubt injury-wise about him or any other player, then potentially rest him. But if Mikel thinks they're 100% fit or near enough 100% fit and have been given the green light by the medical staff, I just can't see Arteta to making too many changes. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. What starting eleven would you go for against uh, Lons tomorrow night? Do you think he should be risking anyone? Do you think he should have one eye on the game against Manchester City? Or, as Arteta himself says, whenever he's asked about it, the most important game is the next game. We're not looking ahead, any further ahead than Lons on Tuesday night. Let me know your starting 11 in the uh, comments below. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, before we get on to some of your questions, I just wanted to bring up these quotes from Granite Xhaka. I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, he's going over, he went over to Leverkusen. In the summer, he's had a very good start with Leverkusen, looking like a really decent team this season, going to push Bayern Munich potentially the, in the, uh, for the Bundesliga, not just Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund as well. Um, and a couple of times, I, actually, I watched Leverkusen play in Munich, got a good 2-2 draw, played some really good football in that in that game. Alonso's got them playing very, very well. And you can see why they're a really attractive pro- a project for someone like Jacko who chose to go over there. And this is what he had to say about why he left Arsenal. He's been speaking to the media over the last couple of days in Germany. He said, I felt like my time at Arsenal was over for me after seven years in London. I came here to Leverkusen as an experienced player and a person. The other players see that I can give something of what I have learned. And that's part of my role here. It was sometimes written that I was coming back to Germany because of my wife. That's not the truth. Like me, she was very happy in London. I made the decision solely as a footballer and an athlete came to a top club in Germany that has a plan and wants to achieve something. Of course, the change was easier for us because, like me, we used to live in Dusseldorf and it's close to Mönchengladbach where my wife grew up. So granted, they're sort of certainly throwing away or putting to one side the suggestions that it was all because of his wife wanting to come back. Now, you know, I'd heard that as well, that his wife was pretty keen on making the move. I'm sure that all came into it when he was weighing up his decisions. Um, But... Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that it does look. I think he, you know, thought it was a very attractive project. And um, the one surprise for me, if it was purely that and nothing else, sort of mainly family, family driven, was just that Arsenal are back in the Champions League. And you think he's wait, he played so long at Arsenal, he'd waited so long to try and get them back to the Champions League to actually make the decision when they'd finally got there not to. Um, not to sort of stick around for one more year and play in the Champions League. Slightly surprising, but, you know, from knowing Granite for these few years, as when I say knowing him, I, you know, I barely know him, but from kind of getting to know him on a work basis from the times of speaking to him you, and from speaking to other people who are around him who know him a lot better than I am, you know, he's got that determination. We see it in his football. We see it in how he sort of stuck out really difficult situations at Arsenal. He's very, very driven. And if he's got an idea in his head, he's going to go through with it. It doesn't really matter what other people are saying or what else is going on at the time. You know, he's very he's very self-driven. And if he came, if that's the reason, then fair play to him. And he certainly seems to be doing well there. He's getting a lot of good good reviews. And I don't think anyone will wish any bad luck for Granit Xhaka this season. Hopefully he does very, very well over there. Arsenal certainly missing him, no doubt about that. I think he'd been a big, big asset for Arsenal this season. Okay, before we end today's show, just going to take a few questions and answer some of your comments. There's one here from SP Douglas 22. says, Charles, are you concerned about our lack of goals from open play? I was thinking about this yesterday. As dominant as Arsenal were in that game against Bournemouth at the weekend, and they were very dominant and they played very, very well, was um, yeah, the goals at the end of the day came from two penalties, a free kick, which Ben White headed in, and then obviously... Um, 
the first goal was from open play, wasn't it? So I'm just searching for something here because I wanted to look at something while I was talking. Um, and yeah, for all of Arsenal's dominance and their good play in that game at Bournemouth for the weekend, there was still only just one goal from open play. And I, and I was contemplating that yesterday, thinking, is that really a worry? And when you look at so a lot of Arsenal's other goals, you look at the Tottenham game the week before, the two goals, one was an own goal, although it was you know some good play by Arsenal that led to it and the other was a penalty. Um, so is that a worry? And I'm not sure it is. I don't think I'm overly concerned about it, to be honest, because I look at this Arsenal team and I know there's plenty of goals in this Arsenal team as well. And I also know that Arsenal aren't at full strength at the moment when it comes to attacking capability because of injuries, the fact they're having to move players out of position. Um, you know, I go back to the PSV game when they had Trossard on the left, they had Jesus playing his proper role up front on in the central area and had Saka on the right. And, you know, Saka's goal was from open play. Trossard's goal was from open play. Jesus's goal was from open play. And Odegaard's goal was from open play. All four of them, when they were at their very best and everyone was fit and playing, all of Arsenal's goals in that game came, came from open play. So that's why I'm not overly concerned. At the moment, they're having to sort of mix and match a little bit. And you look at the lineups that Arteta's putting out and maybe it's not, they're not at their very best attacking-wise. But I think when everyone's there and everyone's available, there's plenty of goals in this Arsenal team. Um, so it's not something I am overly worried about, even though it was something I was sort of mulling over in my head yesterday when sort of focusing on the Bournemouth game a little bit more. You know, they could have easily scored more goals from open play against Bournemouth. Uh, Keeper made some really, really good saves. On another day, Arsenal win that game 7 or 8-0. And those goals, you know, Smith-Rowe's chance, um, chances go in in that first half. Jesus has a couple of chances. He, he sticks those away. I think what we do have to accept is that Arsenal don't have that out-and-out clinical finisher do they? They don't have a Haaland. We know that. It's an open secret. Um, not many people do have a Haaland because he's that ridiculous. But you know, there isn't that out-and-out out goal poacher who's going to take more chances than he misses. Jesus is going to miss chances. Saka's going to miss chances. Martinelli's going to miss chances. I think Trossard's probably Trossard and Odegaard, you'd say at the moment, are probably Arsenal's best finishers in this squad. So they do lack an absolute clinical marksman. So they will miss chances. But I still think there's enough goal in this team to you know, see them have a really good season. And I mean, look at the goals they scored last season. I think 88, I don't think anyone in in Arsenal's Premier League history has ever had a season where they've scored more goals than what Arsenal did this uh, last season. So there's plenty of goals in this team. They do spread it around. Uh, so I'm not overly um, concerned about it, no. Here's one from uh, Sofian015. says, hi, Charles, mate. I wanted to know your opinion about next summer's transfer priorities. Is it, it is expected that the club will focus their on a striker and a right winger. But don't you think that a central midfielder will be equally as important, given the fact it might be time to sell party? Jorginho isn't getting younger. We all have Odegaard, but he's got a, got a limited role. We got an absolute beast in Declan Rice, but if he gets injured, we're absolutely doomed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. This is all, look, I am, it's, I'm not even thinking ahead to next summer when it comes to transfers at the moment. And what I'm going to talk about now is not information-based or anything like that. It's just me sort of looking ahead and presuming and, you know, just kind of talking with opinion. I think central midfield will definitely or should definitely be a big priority for Arsenal next summer. I think striker will definitely be a priority. Like you said, that right winger, we say it every year and it still hasn't happened, but I do think right winger again, trying to find someone who can share the burden with Bukayo Saka should again be a priority. Whether it will be remains to be seen, but I do think from these, um, some of these reasons that you listed why central midfield needs to be right on the top of the uh, top of Arsenal's list. Obviously, Declan Rice is absolutely brilliant, like you said, beast, and he's going to be around um, next season. But then you've got Thomas Partey, who Arsenal were open to potentially cashing in on 
last summer. They weren't desperate to do it. They weren't pushing them out the door, but had a really good bid come in, they would have considered it. So that's going to be the case next season as well. He's going to be older. He's going to be a year less left on his contract. So it will definitely be something that will be in their minds. Mohamed Onelli, out of contract in the summer. Jorginho will have another year's option, potentially, to be taken up, but not getting any younger. And so when you just purely from a footballing sense, you look at that, it's common sense that midfield has to be, you know, a big, big option. They have a couple of younger players like Sambi's out on loan. Doesn't look like he's going to be um, pushing too hard for a first team spot next season. Charlie Patino, another one remains to be seen what happens with him. He's only got a year left in his contract next, uh, next summer as well. So when you put all that together, then yes, I absolutely agree. I think it has to be a big, big summer transfer priority. And I'm sure it will be because, you know, Edu, we all know he's got that big board right next to his desk at London Colney. And he's got the first 11, or what he considers to be the first 11 at the front. And then just below it, he's got the other options who can play in those positions throughout the squad. And central midfield next summer, just looking at that board, it will be light. There's no doubt about it. So he's going to, I think, that will 100% be a priority. But that's just me talking opinion-based. You know, I'm not basing that on any information I have right now. It's so far off. To be honest, I don't even really want to consider <laughs> the summer transfer window at the moment. I'm still just getting over the last one. To be honest, but thank you very much for your uh, for your comments there. And here's one from the Ricky Damon says: Going forward, we should be able to hear those discussions between the officials. Now, this is in response to what I was talking about yesterday with the VAR farce um, at the Tottenham versus Liverpool game, and Liverpool goals getting ruled out. When I was giving my views on that, I've sat here today and I've been watching Sky Sports News and going on on about it endlessly on the ref watch and everything, and Dermot Gallagher desperately almost. <laughs> trying to give excuses for what happened at the weekend, which is laughable. Um, and yes, I just don't understand why we can't hear these discussions. You go to rugby, you hear it in cricket. It's like, what possible reason is there for us not to hear it in football? Why can these other sports use it and use it so well so we can all hear exactly what they're talking about, exactly what their explanation is? It makes no sense. Why is football any different? Why is it so special? Why are they so protected that we can't hear their conversations? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever and we should be able to do it it's all well and good Howard Webb going on and picking and choosing what audio he wants to be heard and going on Sky Sports to talk about it a few weeks after the event but you know what what good does that do it's already happened why can't we hear it live so we can hear exactly what they're saying why they've reached the decision why why can it work so successfully in, in rugby why can it work so successfully in cricket so why can't it happen in football it just doesn't make any sense to me and I absolutely agree with you Ricky it just doesn't make any sense. And um, it should be one of the first things given. When whatever, If anything good comes out of this joke of what happened at the weekend at the Tottenham-Liverpool game, it should be that we get to hear more so we can scrutinise more, so we can get a clearer understanding of what they're talking about. And so there is nothing really to hide. And I think that's a big thing because there's so much suspicion otherwise. It just leads to so much suspicion. And that's never a good thing. So we should it should, should be open, honest, and we should be able to hear why they've made a decision and how they've come to that decision, in my opinion. But if you disagree with me, let me know, as always, in the comments below. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or for listening. Appreciate your time, as always, on this Monday. Like I said, Mikel Arteta will be speaking later tonight in France, 6pm. That press conference is scheduled for, so keep your eyes peeled for that. There'll be a player as well talking, as is the way with UEFA press conferences. And I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, dissecting what Mikel Arteta's had to say. We'll look further ahead to the game on the night and I'll give my predicted 11 as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Have, until then, have a great day, everyone. I'll speak to you very, very soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 